You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. We are here with Jeff Nishwich from the Nishwich Group. Now, let's all talk about motivation. Everybody could use a little motivation right now. Uh, It's month after month of working at home, kids, virtual learning at home, you're cooking at home, you're left feeling in a rut, and uh, we've got a guy who can help. Our next guest on the Brand Motors Podcast is someone who can look deep into your story, can ask you the right questions, and can tell you exactly how to lift yourself up and get going again. Jeff is the owner and founder of the Nishwich Group. Is it Nishwich Group? I believe it's the Nishwich Group. Um, A lawyer, author, and a motivational speaker here to set your day on fire. Scott and I have had the pleasure of listening to him, meeting him um, in person at the the Built uh, National Built Convention in Sea Island, which was awesome. And I'm so excited to have him here to tell us a little bit more about how he can help you. So welcome, Jeff, to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thanks, guys. I'm more than excited. I don't know what that word is. Giddy. I'm giddy. <laughs> giddy. There we go. I'm thank, giddy. Thank you so much, Jeff, man. Good to see you again, buddy. Um, yeah. So tell us, like, what is your mission in life and business and your gospel that you share to people that you speak to? Well, that's all you want to hear. Mission, vision, and gospel. Uh, that's uh, where we'll start, man, because yeah, I know you're full um, of cool stories. So the simplest way to say it, and it, the words keep evolving almost every week. I guess the core mission is to help people see that the world is not what they think it is and not what they've been told it is. The world is actually what they decide it is. And this is not about rose colored glasses at all. It's just this basically being able to see the world through a new set of glasses. And I've developed those glasses for myself that I can look at a situation and I just see it completely different than everyone else. I see, you know, like during COVID, COVID has been an incredible test for me that I have passed with flying colors. And it it sounds bragging, but it's really just confirmation that the way I live, the way I lead works. I've had little or no stress during COVID. You know, I've had moments of that fear and all that. So I've navigated COVID really smoothly, but here's the kicker. My business as of April dropped 70% overnight. We're with you. (laughs) And so I'm still in recovery. I've been in survival mode and trying to get through this and make sure my business survives. So it's not like I've had it easy and yet I've navigated differently. So I want to help people see that it's not what you think it is. It's not what you see it as you can see it differently. And the other passion I have is put it under the umbrella of leadership. I believe deeply that leadership is the answer to every issue we have. You, you give me an issue, leadership is the answer, and I also think it's the biggest gap we have. We have very few leaders. I don't meet very many leaders. I meet a lot of great people and people who have good businesses, and they're successful, but I don't see the leadership I want to see, and I guess the bigger mission is I want to empower tens of thousands of people to lead their lives differently and to lead everyone around them and to lead, I call lead where they are. So I guess that's the short version is let's let's amp up leadership and get it back to what it's all about, which is people grow people around you. And and you come from a background of law, correct? Uh, I'm not sure yeah, if you still funny. practice law, but uh, just just curious, like how you got here being a lawyer prior. Uh, but then you decided to go out on your own and 
and start this business that you're doing now. Yeah, I, I don't practice law anymore. I, I hit a crossover point about a year and a half ago. I practiced law for 17 years, and now I've been doing something else for 19 years. So I'm a fully, I call myself a fully recovered lawyer now. <laughs> and there's a longer story, but the short version of how I got here is I'd love to tell you it was a great plan, brilliantly executed, but honestly, it was more like most people's lives. I call it the car crash. It, you know, I'm driving down the road and the car wrecks and it flips over a few times, but somehow the car lands on its wheels and it's still drivable. It's bumped and bruised and damaged and the driver too. I'm, I survived the roll and it was pointing in this direction and I started driving and that's really more accurate than saying, Hey, I had this plan because when I quit practicing law, I quit because I realized I hated it, but I was actually incredibly successful. I was successful. I was making lots of money. I even had balance in my life with most lawyers don't. Yet I realized I was doing something that I hated. I loved the business, but I hated being a lawyer. So I quit. And I went on to have some, um, right after that, an epic failure. Epic. I mean, um, almost catastrophic business failure. And it took me five years to actually acknowledge that the reason my business failed was because of me. I had this long list of really good reasons. And the thing, funny thing was, the tricky thing was they were actually true. <laughs> they were, they were verifiably true. And so I tell people now, you know, they say, what's the difference between excuse and a reason? I said, well, a reason sounds better and it feels better, but those were still excuses for me because it, it and I remember the moment it was September, 2009, I believe it was eight or nine. I stood in front of an audience and for the first time acknowledged not only my business failure, but that I was the reason it failed. And that was the year I started this business. Uh, and I've been going ever since. This is, I'm in my 11th year now of helping companies and people grow themselves, their people and their lives and live more rich lives, more uh, joyous lives, less stressful lives, and to achieve the goals they want, but to do it in a way that is just, not, nothing's necessarily easy, but it's, it doesn't have to be as hard as we're making it. So I want to jump in. You you said something there that you were, you were practicing law. You were successful. You were making a lot of money. You had balance in your life, but you weren't happy. And I went through a similar phase um, with the job that I spent four and a half years in. And, and I just felt money was going to make me happy. And the harder I worked and the more money I made, then, the, you know, my problems would go away. And it didn't matter how much money I made. It, the bottom line was it was all about what I wanted to do in life and, and what type of purpose I had. And I didn't have one. And I would love to, to hear what is your advice to people that are going through that right now? And, and how can they find out what their purpose is? How can they find out what they need to do in life that makes them happy? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are, they wake up, they go to work, they go home, they collect a check, and they don't really have a purpose. Yeah. Well, there's two or three things they need to do. And I appreciate that question because I haven't been asked that question in a while. One of the things that one of my philosophies is this, that we have all the information and ideas we need. And I'd love people to get new ideas from me, but we have enough ideas, but why aren't they becoming reality? Because there's something in the way. 
And what's in the way is me. And what's in the way is you. And a lot of that is our belief system. And so one of the beliefs we have, most of us, depending on your age a little bit, especially if you're, I'm going to say if you're 40 or older now, most people 40 or older were told that you can't do what you love. That doing what you do, what you love on the side, but you, most people can't do what they love and make money. The goal is not to be happy in work. The goal is to find security in work. So, and if you carry that story forward, you're not going to be able to find that piece, that fit, that purpose, because you've already been told it's a fool's journey. So part of that is looking at it and saying, you know what, that is what I was told, but that's bullshit. Okay, so that's number one, get rid of that story. Uh, number two, a very practical thing that I, I use and a lot of other coaches use is start doing some assessments, particularly those that are values focused, and spend some time really getting clear on what you, is important to you. What do you really value? People say they have values, but rarely can, like if I saw you right now on the street and I said, tell me what your values are, you'd struggle because you'd say, well, I value a lot of things. Well, no, what is it? Give me the five. Because we haven't got clear on that. And when you get clear on the values and the things you really care about, that helps us to find that purpose and that, that integration of what we do and what we love. And the third one, and this is probably the most difficult, and this is the one that people do not want to hear from me. I'll tell you right now. This is where I get sworn at, flipped off, <laughs> yelled at. People say, Jeff, if I only knew what it was, I would do it. I said, that's not true. You already know. And they would say, no, Jeff, trust me. You're not in my head. I don't know. I said, I'll tell them, look, I know for a fact, you know, but here's the problem. Let's take, so Scott, let's assume you, you're trying to figure that out and you tell me you don't know. So if you don't know, what are you going to do about it tomorrow? If you don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. However, the moment you know, now you have an opportunity to do something, but that's the scary stuff. So if you know, it's terrifying to know. It's not just terrifying to do it. It's terrifying to know because now you wake up and say, I know what it is. And if I don't do something today, now I feel crappy about myself. I feel like I'm an epic failure. So it is safer not to know. And if you can't get that out of the way, you may never know because your, your unconscious is telling you, it's like this little voice on the shoulder saying, oh, don't figure it out. If you figure it out, you're screwed. Stay right here. Just, it's okay. Nobody knows. It's okay. Because if nobody knows, you're all in a big group. You're in that safe group. And that's one that people don't want to hear, but I believe it in my bones that that's what it's about. It's about fear of knowing that keeps us from knowing. That's deep. Um, I want to know, like, when you come up with, you know, not only this mindset, I think it's it's years of experience, but is there a philosopher that shapes the way that you think um, really that, that, that maybe helps you when you're speaking? I, I guess that might not be the best question, but I'm just interested to kind of understand how have you shaped really what your delivery is and is and does it change? It changes constantly. The cores rarely change. I mean, if I look back to things I've said and thought 10 years ago, I don't necessarily disagree with them, but they've certainly deepened. It's not a particular, you know what it is? It's a philosophy. And here's the thing. 
It's about curiosity and openness. Uh, one thing, some, a friend of mine about eight months ago, I was together with a group of guy friends and we were having a very deep discussion and I was actually annoying them at the time. I wasn't doing it on purpose, <laughs> but they were annoyed with me. And sometimes you learn the most in those moments. And what one friend, his name's John, said, Jeff, you know, you're a noticer. You notice everything. And he's right. That's a really good description. Like I can sit in a room and I will, like there was happening that, that event when we were together for a weekend. We were playing games and I was just paying attention to things. But I don't do it on purpose. I have a natural curiosity about humans and how we think and how we see things. And I think that curiosity is one of the most understated values and principles around. Because if you are curious, you're going to ask a lot of questions. If you're curious, you're going to be genuinely interested in everybody you meet, which is how we form relationships. You're not going to play games with them. You're not going to manipulate them when you're curious. You're going to learn every day. You know, people say, you got to have a growth mindset. Well, growth mindset means you're just curious about everything. And so I just have this lens that, I mean, it just happened. I'll, I'll tell you, it's a perfect example. It happened this week. I don't know if either of you, I don't know if either of you are on my newsletter list or saw my email this morning about um, skinny branches. I because that. I was on this call Wednesday night with someone I've barely met. And she was sharing that she's really struggling because, or she could be struggling because she just launched a business this year. Here comes COVID. Some things she was expecting to come through didn't. And she said, I'm out on these skinny branches. And it's pretty scary out there because it is. The skinny branches are scary. And in that moment when she said that, this thought flashed in my head. Great things only happen on the skinny branches. I've never thought that before in my life, but when she was talking, when she said skinny branches, that flew into my head. I didn't go look for it. I didn't sit down and say, what can I think about skinny branches? That was like this truth that just, I guess, I think that curiosity plus the openness. When I see things and people and situations, stuff just floods into me. And the same thing happens when I'm coaching. When people say, what makes you a good coach? I said, I'm curious. I ask great questions. And I will hear things that very few people on the planet will hear. It's really interesting. That's You're aware. One of the gifts I have. It's, You're aware. Yeah, I'm at a hyper level. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and you, when, when we got the opportunity to, um, to hear you speak, and I've been, been blessed to have some conversations with you, one of the things that you talk a lot about is, is creating authentic relationships. And I think if you're curious, you're open and you're, and you challenge yourself to listen, you have the ability to truly create, uh, an authentic relationship. And one of the, the examples you talked about were referrals and you talked about referrals are great, but, uh, does somebody referring your business truly know what you do, who you are and what you stand for? And if they don't, is it really a referral? And is it a referral that you want? Because the reality is, is that if you don't have the ability to be curious, to be open and to listen, then you're never going to truly create an authentic relationship that not only will support your business, but the biggest powerful part of it is it supports more than your business. It can support you in ways that you never imagined. And all that is, is what you just said is being curious, open-minded and, and listen. So I don't even know if I have a question, but that's, that's well, it, it was cool because it's a great we, speech. It's yeah, awesome. We, <laughs> we just saw Urban Meyer speak uh, this week uh, on Tuesday here to a breakfast group we're in. And 
obviously he is filled with great leadership uh, qualities and, and techniques and whatnot that he's learned through coaching over the years. But one of the things I left with um, is that whomever you're leading, it's them over self, always. If it's your family, it's your wife over self. If it's your kids, it's kids over self. If it's your team at work, it's them over self. And uh, I think that's to your point about awareness and being aware of what's going on in their lives and being able to accommodate and and work with that and know that that's going to always be an issue because, look, we all work to live, you know, or I do. I mean, why else would we work? Uh, so anyway, I, I, I think that's really interesting perspective. And there's some other things that he said that were. Yeah, he said it? he said like, genetic gene. genetics shape you circumstances influence you but decisions define you and we all live by our choices and yep. and that was i believe I mean, very powerful up, right? right like you yeah, can't change your genetics statement. your circumstances are going to be there and they're going to influence you but the decisions are yours that's what is going to make or break and put you down the path that you're going to go on and one of the examples he said i've coached players from every Every place you can imagine, rich, poor, black, white, green, purple, doesn't matter. All it comes down to is the decisions they make, and that's what will define them. Well, and that one just, it encapsulates the, the number one principle that I live by. People often say, what's your number one? Because I have a lot of different philosophies. And the number one has been for a while and will, I think, always be the slight variation, which is I always have a choice. So everything's about my choices. I have a choice of what I do. I have a choice of what I see. I have a choice of what the experience is. I get to choose that. And I developed a concept. I call it being an itist. I-T-I-S-T. Because people say, Jeff, you're such, you're so positive. You're an optimist. I said, no, I'm not. I am not an optimist. Well, you're definitely not a pessimist. I said, well, I'm definitely not a pessimist. Well, then you must be a realist. I said, no, realist is kind of a game too. You're deciding, you're, but to me, I literally just see what it is. And I've, because I've learned that most of our experiences in life, like you talk about those circumstances, if you look at just the data of the circumstances, it's just information. What gets to us and impacts us in ways that don't, that rarely serve us is the, is the judgments we make about what the it is. We make a decision about it. And in fact, a really quick example is when COVID first hit in March, a very good friend of mine was listening to NPR and he called me and he said, hey, I was listening to NPR and they're recommending that we have, we all have two months worth of food in the house. And I said, well, how do you feel about that? He said, I'm really pretty freaked out. I said, why? He said, I don't have two months worth of food. <laughs> I said, absolutely you do. He said, Jeff, you've not been to my, well, I have been to his house, but you haven't been in the cupboard. You have no idea. I said, Matt, I can guarantee you, you have two months worth of food. What you don't have is two months worth of food the way you eat right now. And I wasn't suggesting starving at all. It was like you have new, you go to the grocery every couple of days and you get fresh meat. I'm not talking about limiting how much we eat. And he looked at me and said, you know what? You're right. I bet I have four months worth of food. <laughs> Yet he heard some data, a recommendation, and he interpreted that in a way that brought up fear. And fear is not a bad thing. Fear is a bad thing when we don't pay attention to it. We pretend it doesn't exist. 
And that's one of the worst things that's happened during COVID. We have a lot of people who are afraid, including leaders, and they're taking actions without acknowledging and paying attention that they're doing it from a place of fear. And they are making decisions that don't serve their people, that don't demonstrate that their people come first ahead of them. It's really and interesting. they have no idea they're doing it. Yeah. They're afraid and they won't acknowledge it. It's interesting. I read an article recently that made a lot of sense around there. Most people, when they're fearful, go straight defense. Defense. Stop paying the rent. Furlough their employees. Cut every expense they possibly can. That's one way of leadership that I don't agree with. Opposite side of what we've done is said, yeah, sales are down 80%. But what can we do to change that? And as a matter of fact, I see it as a huge opportunity to build trust with your team, show your team you're strong, show you can overcome adversity um, and create programs or new products or whatever you have to do to continue to push this thing forward. And uh, that's an opposite way of leadership, right? And, and so we've been able to achieve that so far. You know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about the business side of things for you. You've written, you're an author, you've written, I see four books here, Warrior Leadership Experience, uh, Just One Step, Unmask, which I think is very interesting with these times, uh, Arrows of Truth. And, and you also, you know, you go around and you do speaking engagements and work with corporations uh, internally. So if you could speak a little bit more about uh, what you offer there as a company. Yeah, well, thanks for that opportunity. <clears throat> It's often difficult for me to separate business and life stuff in the sense that like people will say, are you a business coach or executive coach or a life coach? I said, well, if you can tell me the difference, then I'll answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> and they've never been able to answer it because when I coach, I rarely call myself a life coach, but also rarely do I work with a business leader or a business owner or a team that we don't get into life things because they're so connected. In fact, People want to tell me they're so different at work versus at home. That's incredibly rare. The reality is the things that get in the way get in the way in both places. You know, if someone's generally not present with their team members at work, they're generally not present with their family at home. You know, if they if they are quick to go at anger at home, they're just as quick to go to anger at work. So I look at it as when I coach, it's this blended experience. We're going to talk about your business. We're going to look at strategies to grow your business, primarily focused on your people and primarily focused on your leadership. You know, the biggest topic of the day, not just because of COVID, is how do we get our team more connected, more engaged, working well together? Well, what you do is you actually lead them. And you do what leaders do is you uplift your people, you empower your people, you, um, you give your people incredibly rich feedback, you make sure that they know you care about them and they're what's going on. In fact, uh, a, a quick aside to a, a guest on my podcast, a guy named Larry English runs a thousand person organization, incredible culture, completely remote, have never had an office. And I said, Larry, what's the secret? He said two things. There is a secret sauce. He said, leaders have to model vulnerability and we invite our people to bring their personal lives to work. That's what we do. But we do it consistently and we do it genuinely. So a lot of times what I do with leaders is I'm helping them to identify their blind spots. They're saying, I've got, here's where I want to be, but I'm not there. 
once I determine if they really want to be there, then I'm going to help them see how they're showing up, what they're doing, what they're saying that's keeping them from having what they want. Because most leaders don't wake up and say, I want to be a jerk today. Most leaders don't wake up and say, I want my people to think that it's not about them. They really want to, but they get caught up in all the stuff they're doing. So I help leaders do that. I come in and work with teams to teach them different ways to communicate. I teach them how to create these different lenses that we've talked about. How can you see the experience at work differently? How can you take some of the emotion out of what's going on at work so that you can have better communication? And most importantly, how can you all better understand yourselves and feel empowered to lead where you are? So, you know, I do the coaching. I come in and speak to companies. I do training sessions. I've developed a leadership development course where you can take your team and walk them through a six to eight um, module group of sessions with or without some coaching. Because what we know about leadership is this, we're failing. We're failing at leadership. And we're failing because we're not only the existing leaders aren't leading the best they can, but they're not developing the next generation. And so what they do is they got all these strong performers and say, okay, you're a great performer, Brian, you're up next step into leadership. But Brian's just knows how to be great at his job. And he comes in and says, well, what do I do now? Well, I guess I just do what I did before, just maybe work harder. Well, no, actually, you need to do less of what you did before. And you need to figure out how to get other people to be as great as you were. That's your new job. How many people ever got that message? It's that simple. When you step into leadership, your job is to take everybody that works now works with you and reports to you and make them even better than you were. That's your job. Yep. That's what leadership is, growing the next generation. So, yeah, I, I spend, you know, I'm doing a lot less speaking now due to COVID. It's certainly in person. That's starting to open up a little bit. I had my second in-person speaking engagement two weeks ago. That felt fun. Small group. But yeah, I speak, I coach, and I uh, ask people really challenging questions to help, help them see their lives and their leadership differently. I love a uh, quote you have on your LinkedIn page that's from uh, Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix. It says, you have to disrupt yourself before someone disrupts you. And I think that sums up what we've talked about. Uh, and whether that's personally, professionally, whatever challenges you're going through, it's time to disrupt that. If something's not going the right way or some, something's happening that you want to change, change it. Because if you don't change it, someone will choose to change it for you. And when that happens, you're probably not in a good spot. So I love that quote. Um, Jeff, before we, we start to wrap this up, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Um, obviously, we will, uh, we'll share links on, on all your books so people can, uh, can, can get those and, and read those. But what's the best way to get in touch with you if they want to talk with you personally or, or if they want to bring you in to have a, a speaking opportunity with their organization? Yeah, there's a couple ways. Number one, I'm wide open to be connected with on LinkedIn. It's easy to find me there. And you can also read in my profile the four things I love most. Uh, I, it's funny, I got a lot of conversations about that now because my LinkedIn profile says, uh, I don't know the order now, but it says something about lover, uh, bold red wine, Cuban cigars, uh, luscious bourbon, and Broadway theater. 
You were close, man. It was Hardy Bourbon. So you were <laughs> so you were very close. You were so yeah. close. Well done. Yeah, Hardy Bourbon. I don't even know my own profile. <laughs> link, it, link up with me there. Uh, and I've got two websites. One is Nishwitz Group, which is my last name, N-I-S-C-H-W-I-T-Z group.com, which is my business. And with a partner, I'm in, we're in the middle of launching a new venture that I'm really excited about called Cardivera. C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. It stands for True Heart. And it is all about leadership. And it is a place where I don't care where you are, what your position or title is. It's a place to grow yourself, disrupt yourself, and grow your leadership uh, in an online community. And I'm excited because it's a chance to spread the message and the love of leadership to thousands of people. Love that, man. I love really it as well. Cool. And um, you, you, the, one of the uh, the books that you published, Just One Step, The Journey to Your Unstoppable You, you talk about the snow globe and shaking that oh, regularly. Oh, yeah, the snow globe. Um, I've used that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's awesome. And I'm not going to tell everybody what it is. You have to go read the book yeah. and figure it out. But it is yeah. something that's very interesting. And if you go follow Jeff on LinkedIn, you will see his picture in the, in the top right corner is actually him with the snow globe in his hand. Um, <laughs> But before we, we let you go, I, I, you know, I think even in your LinkedIn profile, it says this, and this really sums up who you are and, and what you can provide, but ultimately what you as an individual, if you're listening to this, what you need to do, and that's grow your confidence, clarify your, your blind spots and the solutions, develop a growth path for your business, arm yourself with new leadership tools and, and for new times, and balance your life and stress. And Jeff, I think you're, you're, you're brilliant. You, you make people think different. Um, about the circumstances that they're in. But ultimately, I just think you want people to be authentic. You want people to create relationships that will be meaningful, not only in business, but even more so in personal life. The business will come if you take care of your personal life first. And I just appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate you speaking uh, with our built group. And I, I'm, I'm an avid fan, man. I, I really love uh, what you're doing here. And I, I hope we get another opportunity uh, to work together as well. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Scott. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, as you can tell, I'm always happy to share whatever thoughts come to me based on the new questions I get. So this is like big fun to me. Excellent. So awesome, man. Well, we'll make sure to share it with uh, all of our people and uh, hopefully it'll connect some dots for you. And uh, great seeing you, even though virtually. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can gather again soon. That's right. We're That's hopeful. Right. Thanks, guys. And yeah, yes, for, uh, for everyone listening, please like, share, comment. Go follow Jeff on LinkedIn. We will share all the links. I challenge you to buy the books. Read them. Uh, and if your organization is looking for something that, that you need or, or, or someone that can bring, come in and, and ask the right questions, right? And not necessarily give you the answers, but ask the right questions so you can go find those answers and it can actually make an impactful um response to your team and and the whole entire organization jeff's your guy so thank you jeff until next time you have been listening to the brand builders podcast you've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com